I'm Christian Humes. And I'm John Paul Murphy. And you're listening to Watch World. And today we're talking about part one of Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows. Yes, it is a race against time to get through this movie before we can watch the next one. Yes, we that's act- right. <laughs> John, this is your first time going through this series, which is really fun, I think, partially for our listeners to get to hear someone experience it for the first time. And how fortuitous is it that we picked Harry Potter and it just so happens that in the week that we're up to the final movie, it is playing in theaters. We did not plan this. It is just the universe. It is Dumbledore's spirit, you know, flowing through the ebb of the world and making this for us. But it is like I I get why they're doing it because they're getting ready for Fantastic Beasts 2. But that is not until November. No, I think I think actually this has become a more recent trend of like re-releasing old big blockbusters that people are loving back in theater because it's an XD. It's not just okay. You know, and, it's like a limited run. And they should do that, I think. I yeah. think it's great. Like, I Hell went and saw, yeah. not to, like, date us, but, or literally date us, but, like, I went and saw Who Framed Roger Rabbit at the El Capitan last week. Awesome. You know, it's like, and it's great to see movies like that in the big theater because as I obviously was just born at that time when it came out, so it's, I couldn't see it in the theaters. And so right. it's great to go back and see these movies that we find as classics and get to see them again, so. Well, and what's funny for me is I came to the series late, this is the only one that I actually have seen in theaters, so I'll be seeing it again in yes. theaters. Uh, but it's so I think it's so awesome for you to get to finish out this series for the first time and see it in a movie theater. So that's really fun. You get to kind of have that experience that I would you would have other assume, otherwise assumed you'd miss out on. So uh, here we go. Let's jump in. And this movie starts out, once again, a little bit differently than former films. Yeah, I I actually did like this opening of the three characters um, getting ready for, you know, what's to come. You know, you have uh, Harry basically watching the Dursleys leave um, and basically move out of their their apartment, their flat, whatever. Um, You have Hermione, I think, doing like a pretty crazy thing, which is she basically wipes her parents' memories. That's so fucked up. Yeah. Now... Is the obliviate or obliterate whatever it's obliviate. called? Obliviate. Is that reversible? I believe so, but she okay. might also have to be the one to do it. Uh, yeah, I, I, I assume a, she would because yeah. no one would really remember. Either way, it's sad. And she never knows if she'll ever go back to them. So, like, they may go the rest of their lives without, you know? Yeah, and if she, like, goes for too long, wouldn't that be like, if she suddenly came back and unreversed it, they'd be like, There'd be like a a year's gap, how many years gap between the memories that they had and her now? It would be very complicated, but it's it's the it's the safest and smartest thing for her to do. Yeah, right. And and then Ron just misses dinner. (laughs) He doesn't really, uh, you know, do anything. So, So John, these are this is the only time I'm going to bring this up, but there are always cut scenes from these films, and. This movie has two extra scenes right at the start that absolutely should not have been cut. And they are Harry with his aunt, Petunia. And it's like that reconciliation moment you were waiting for for so long where he's just telling her like, you have to, because she's complaining like, I've been here for 20 years and now I have to leave. And he's like, you have to leave. You don't know what they're capable of. And he's like, I know what they're capable of. You didn't just lose your mother that light. Night, yeah. I lost my sister. And that is a scene they should have kept. Yeah, they just have her just looking out the car window, just right. like just the same. And they thing. filmed it. They just didn't put it in. It's in the extras. 
Um, yeah, I would I would have definitely wanted that, especially like as a like the Dursleys are even though how awful they are, they are so integral to like Harry's yeah. upbringing and his whole life that yeah having that moment because I'm assuming they don't really come up ever again. Well, and then there's a second moment with them also that they cut, and you just see Dudley like go get in the car, and you see them looking out yeah, from the car. You don't even see Dudley's face. But what they actually cut is. Uh, his uncle is like yelling at him and being like blah, blah 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 and they go to leave and Dudley stops like gets out crosses back over the fence goes over and shakes Harry's hand like forgives him basically yeah like, sorry I'm a, a piece of shit exactly Be- partially because Harry saved him and like he understands like this sucks for Harry but obviously the uncle Vernon still being kind of a piece of shit about it yeah. they should have kept both of those moments the extras it's the only time I'm like this was a scene yeah that would have actually they made should not have cut I know, like, I've been kind the last few movies a little bit of a downer on these movies. I And I, unfortunately, this was probably one of my, like, on the lower end, like, of my favorite skills. I'm shocked. Like, but having moments like that would have made it much better. Yeah. I think it's like, there's a lot of moments in this movie. Would you think part part of it is because it's so different? Not, yes and no, but like, I mean, different, there's no you know, Hogwarts. A, there is no Hogwarts. And a lot of it is. The movie to me feels like the all is lost moment in a in a like a scene like a sequence of scenes you know where like the characters are at their low point but stretched out for the whole movie like for a whole entire movie sure. so it's like sure. you know where Half Blood Prince is like you know like maybe we're joking kind of like that feels like the first half of a movie this feel this whole movie just felt like the you know the the third you know third quarter of it kind of stretched out to one movie and then I'm assuming the next you know movie is going to be just the entire climax kind of all playing out but that that's why like this movie felt incomplete in a lot of ways and i it, it kind of makes sense because it's half of a book taken and you know this is obviously during that trend where everyone loved to take the last book of series and break them up into two movies <laughs> you know and i i think it's not a bad movie i wouldn't say it's like this is a bad movie I, I it's mean, just my least favorite of the movie so far maybe this discussion will, will bring you around on a little bit maybe. more because some of the moments are incredible also it introduces one of the best things in the world of Harry Potter, the Deathly Hallows himself. Oh, okay. So we will get to that. Um, so the movie starts out. We have those scenes. We see a tiny bit of Rufus Scrimgower, the Ministry of Magic minister. Bill Nighy. Um, Always great. And then we we cut to the Death Eaters and Lord Voldemort, and they just they have a captive. Yeah, they're meeting in Lucius's house. Yep. They have um, a teacher from Hogwarts. We don't ever. We haven't. We never saw. Did we ever see her? Uh, I can't remember. It's possible we did. Yeah, I don't because I didn't recognize that name. So, because yeah. she was the she Muggle teacher. In, yeah, she may have been in the background. Yeah, but yeah, so. she never had an integral part. So, the only two things of note here are Snape gives them real vital info in this scene. So again, it's like whose fucking side is Snape on? Because like he really seems bad here. I think he's at a point, I feel like at this moment, he's kind of committed his big sin, which was kill Dumbledore. Right. And he's kind of like, I'm now like, I just basically killed one part of my thing that made me a double agent. So now I guess I'm just a, an agent for the bad guys. Right. Exactly. I mean, there was like, I think that small glimmer of hope where he doesn't like kill Harry. He just kind of knocks him out. The last one It's like, no, save him for Voldemort. But like, actually Voldemort makes it clear in that scene too. No one gets to kill Harry but me. So yeah. it's like, okay, Snape is being an evil piece of shit. Yeah, but you can tell in in the performance of, um, you know, in his face, I feel like there is a, a, definitely a hesitation or fear sure. of about it. He definitely, 
he's doing what he believes is the smartest thing, right. which is going along with this right now. Self-preservation. It's yeah, it's a lot of self-preservation, but I think there is definitely a lot of pain in in what could have been or like, you know, what yeah. happened, I think. So. Well, so what's interesting in this scene is you find out, you know, Harry and Voldemort, we know about their wands. So we're like, "Hey, I can't kill him. I got to borrow someone else's wand." He takes Lucius's wand. He has yeah. the, he basically has like uh when someone has a car and they put like a stupid hood ornament on their car is what he's attached to his wand. He's got like a cane piece. Yeah. It's, and then he basically snaps it off. And yeah, Lucius, like, I guess maybe because he's been an out, out, you know, Azkaban. Yes. He's kind of a little fucked up. Yeah. Because um, he's definitely disheveled and skittish a little bit. Yeah. Um, so I, I, that was interesting. Um, but yeah, he breaks it and then he uses it on the on the hostage, basically. Right. Lady kills her. Yeah. It was um, pretty fucked up. And then the snake eats her. Yes. Um, Nagini. Nagini. Um, Nagini. Also, like, I guess this character will come up later. It's a big part of it later. But uh, the actor who plays James Dallas in Westworld is in this movie. Yes. He also has a cut scene uh, where he goes and he walks around Hermione's empty house looking for her parents. Yeah. Okay. He... He looks like in this movie a young Tommy Lee Jones. I honestly didn't recognize him until he sent me that message saying James Delos. I knew right away when he was like, "Yeah, we got Harry Potter." It was know? partially just because of the the hair. The it was the hair, but hair it was a Scottish accent. If he didn't have the accent, then I would I would maybe it would have taken a little bit longer um, to do. But uh, he's cool. I wish he was more in this movie. He's kind of just in this scene and then that one scene where at the ministry, and then he kind of doesn't right. show up again. Uh, so we find out they're going to go escort Harry, and the reason they're doing this is because Harry still is being tracked by the ministry, because when you're underage, they can track you, so we had to wait for his birthday, so he he's no longer being tracked. You need to turn off his data. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> turn <laughs> off get, his location no, services. No, you need to take the battery out of the wand. Yeah. <laughs> he had it turned on. Um, and so they have to move him without doing something like apparating or using the yes. flu network. Yes, and so we meet a ton of new characters in this mm-hmm. movie, in this scene where... Oh, do we? We only meet... We meet Manungus. Mundungus. Mundungus. <laughs> Mundungus, and who's like this little weasel guy um, that dresses like a pimp. And then we meet uh, uh, Bill Weasley. Oh, right. And Floor. Well, we see right. Floor again. And then remember, we never, you brought that up. Like, we didn't see Bill when the dragons showed up earlier but Correct. we knew about because Bill. they didn't cast dom hall gleason yet right <laughs> well, yes he, he had not yet joined the first order blow that thing out of the sky um <laughs> uh yeah so we meet a bunch like those i think new characters um i'm trying to think of anyone else oh, yeah i think dom hall's great casting he kind of fits right in with the rest of the weasleys yeah and yeah. it was nice to see floor back floor back yeah and um floor de la Cour. Though I did love when Moody's like, we all got to drink the po, you know, the polyjuice potion. At least the, the people that are Harry's age, so they can all look like him. And then there's a moment where like Fleur's like, oh, don't look at me, and she like takes off her bra. Yeah, like, yeah. And you're just like thinking about like. <laughs> I like that shot too because as they go around the room, all the Harrys are the same height except for Floor because she had heels on. So that Harry is standing taller with the heels. Yeah, I thought that was. It was, it was cool. I think overall it was a fun... I feel like this was the moment where Harry was like, maybe like uh, Daniel Radcliffe was starting to think about doing Equus, where he was like, I'm going to go get naked on stage. It's like, I want to show off my body. Yeah. He just, he saw the footage of all the other Harrys and he was like, people need to see me. Yes. Um, yeah. So then, you know, they basically create like eight Harrys. Yeah. Um, and then they all split off with like one of their protectors. Um Harry goes with Hagrid in his cool, sweet motorcycle. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, but immediately they're all jumped. 
because death of yours. Snape had given them away. Correct. And then there's this big battle in the sky, some cool special effects. Um, so in this scene, like basically Voldemort, you know, uh, finds the right real Harry. They have this moment. He uses uh, Lucius's wand. Harry's able to basically beat him back and just like you know knock him down because the wand wasn't powerful enough to beat his wand, and um, they get he gets away. Um, and then they get they all meet up in uh, uh, the the Weasley's place. Yep. Um, I guess not, there's really nothing to say about the the battle thing except for, I mean I think it was really cool. Obviously, like the death of. Yeah, so the like the, okay, so they George I mean, come Bill comes and says Mad Eye Moody died. Right now, I've learned in any type of movie or TV. No, he's dead. Okay, then they this don't is show bullshit. it. It's in the book. <laughs> they just didn't show it. Well, this is uh, bullshit. You hear about it in the book, and I think I think part of the reason is because Harry doesn't see it, and like you only hear about like you only really see what's happening to Harry. You don't necessarily see everything that's happened to everyone else, and. uh Part of the reason for that is when they show up, then you're waiting to see who's going to make it back, right? Yeah, no, and you're I seeing everyone that. transform. You're like, oh my god, okay, this person's safe, this person's safe, this person's safe. Um, you know, what is it? George shows up and like his ear is cut, or was it Fred? I, I, I think it's so. Fred. Yeah, so yeah. Fred's got his ear cut, and you're just like, oh god, but where's the other one? And then yeah, you go through that cycle, and suddenly someone doesn't make it back, and who was it? It was yeah, yeah. When 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 Bill comes and is like, oh, Matt, I you know didn't make it, Manungus or Mundungus, whatever his name is. Um, yeah. Dun- you know, Cowboy Dungaree doesn't... Like, he basically leaves him and lets him die. Um, I thought it was, uh, you know, it was... They thought he's dead and he's going to show up later, but... No. Because, and, this, and this is what really makes me mad because, okay, that character essentially isn't in Goblet of Fire. Right. He barely gets any time in Order of the Phoenix. Yeah. Isn't really in the last, like, in Half-Blood Plants, and now he, like, dies five minutes into this movie. Yes. And... Just the wasted potential of, like, what a great character. Well, we only think he's a great character because whoever was pretending to be him was amazing. Yeah. Like, he was, he is easily my, like, my favorite Defense of the Dark Arts teacher, except for the fact that it wasn't him. Yeah. So, there's, there's I'm, like, I feel conflicted about this, this yeah, moment yeah, and yeah. this character because he's now gone and I wanted more of him. I wanted more Brendan Gleeson. Well... Hedwig dying was sort of a big moment, and it's pretty sad. It's sort of like when like a dog dies in a movie. Yeah, and it, I think it's a little like it happens very quickly, and then it just kind of gets brushed aside a little bit. Well, sort of what happens is, I believe Hedwig takes the shot for Harry, saving Harry. Hedwig yeah. sort sort of dives in the way, and that also gave away that this was the real Harry because Hedwig was protecting him. Well, if he's being shot at anyways, it's. I guess it really doesn't matter if he's but the only Harry but or only not. Voldemort was allowed to do the killing curse to the Harrys. Oh, so that, that revealed. So that's sort of that's part of why they were able to make this escape because Voldemort was like, no one gets to fucking kill Harry but me. So everyone else could really only aim at the person driving their vehicles. But even then, no one's taking those shots. No one's making death shots because if they kill Harry, they're gonna have to answer to Voldemort, which <laughs> means they're gonna die. That makes uh, sense. Which is why. Um, it was George Weasley who gets hit. He gets hit by Snape. Snape does uh, septum centra. Yeah, he does that. So that's what cuts yeah, his yeah. it cuts his ear off. Yeah, which is like interesting because now you know which one. <laughs> it's like, hey, yeah. you're George. You're missing the ear. Except they'll they'll do what they do in the Prestige, and then uh, Fred will cut off his ear. Yeah, to, to match. No, him. they don't. I don't think they end up doing that. <laughs> so 
they make it back to the house. They have set up protective barriers, similar to the way that Hogwarts had protective barriers. Yeah. And then and then everyone's kind of like, well, there's going to be a wedding happening. So we got to get ready for that um, between Bill and Floor. Um, but before the wedding, because I, I, I always like wedding. Weddings are great in any movie. It's always a moment for bringing a bunch of characters together. A bunch of stuff can happen. It's also always a great setup for, for something bad. Yes. Right? Yes. Basically, if you put all your characters in one place, good things and bad things can happen. Um, but before that, uh, the minister comes, Bill Nighy, Scrimgower, Scrim, Scrimgower, Scrimjob, uh, comes, and he uh, ha- brings uh, Dumbledore's will. And yeah, Last Will and Testament. Last Will and Testament. Of Albus I liked the Dumbledore. Scene. Albus Brian Dumbledore. I like how Bill Nighy is like being so ominous in this scene, but like it isn't like really an ominous scene at all. It's just it's kind of a cool scene where he's giving him these objects and um, Ron gets Dumbledore's vape pen mm-hmm. <laughs> that we mentioned in the first that we only have seen in the first movie in the first book. Uh, I think we've seen him use it maybe one or two other times, but it was like just little side pieces. They were just small moments. They weren't. I love that little tool. Yeah, no, it's great. I it's think the so way they cool. the way they use it in this movie, I think is really like it's it, it's great. What's great is that he mentions that Dumbledore made this himself. Like, this is a special little item. It's a trinket it's that he's made. made. Yeah, so there aren't other ones of these. doesn't mean someone else could make it, but no one exactly knew what it was, so it'd be hard to replicate. Yeah. Uh, Hermione gets a book. Yes. A children's book. Very similar to the Half-Blood Prince book in the sense that it may look like a book, just a regular book on the outside, but it's got some things sketched in the inside. Right. There's there's a hidden message inside of some kind. And then Harry gets two things. He gets a snitch, the first snitch he ever caught, which later is revealed to have a hidden message. And he gets the sword of Godric Gryffindor, but no one currently knows where the sword is. It's missing. And the minister is like, I know it's missing, but even even if we found it, you can't have it, Harry, because it's... So, you know, such a rare antiquity. Well, and he's like, yeah, but it came to me. And he's like, the sword will present itself if the person is in need and worthy, but it's not yours to own and just like hold on to either. Yeah. Which I think is sort of fair. It's like, look, if you need the sword and you're worthy, it'll come to you. But like, if we find the sword, you don't get to just keep it in your house. But I feel like if, <laughs> if, if the sword inherently has magical powers where it likes to appear in front of people if they need it, it's kind of... that fundamentally is hard to keep hold of <laughs> well i think it might stay in the same place unless it goes i mean i don't know what the specifics of it are right the the magic around the sword is a little confusing to me especially at the end when bellatrix is kind of chastising the goblin guy about like it was in his it was in my vault right you know and i was like okay so she had it but then it left or you know something happened and it got out and then then it appeared before Harry in the lake. Yeah, and I believe it said during that scene that the one that was in her vault was a fake. Okay, that's. And if you I remember, that, the yeah. way it really presents itself to Harry the first time is through the hat. So Dumbledore had the sword and sent Fox with the sword to yes. Harry to help. And because Harry was worthy, the sword allowed him to like use it and be powerful. Because unless you're worthy, the sword won't have the power. So that's sort of the thing about the sword is it will present itself and allow you to utilize it if you're worthy, but someone could physically, it's, it doesn't just live nowhere in the meantime. Got it. Okay. Uh, so the wedding happens. Mm-hmm. Everyone's gathered. Um, 
right before the wedding, I remember two things. Uh, raw, uh, Harry reads the newspaper, and there's a big article from TMZ's Rita Seeker. Rita Skeeter. Oh, Rita Skeeter. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Rita Skeeter about uh, basically trashing Dumbledore. Right. Um, but then he notices another article by an old guy that's like, you know, the Dumbledore I knew, you know, kind of the, he was a good man type of thing because everyone's trying to trash him for some reason. Um, he sees that guy in the at the wedding and talks to him um, and then gets this kind of whole rundown about Dumbledore's brother, the family that they lived in Godric Hills. Godric's Hollow. Yeah, Godric's Hollow where that's yeah, where. I mean, it turns out what's happening here is maybe there's more to Dumbledore's story than we're aware of. But yes, dude's like 150 years old. So yes. sure. Probably a lot about the man that we don't know. A lot like, of history. How did he become so powerful? How did he have all these powerful magical items? They don't just fall into someone's hands. You know, it's kind of, it's a little bit like the journey of Voldemort. If you think about it, like Voldemort went around and collected these powerful magical items and became a really powerful wizard. But unlike Voldemort, Dumbledore didn't want to use those powers for evil. And he didn't flaunt them necessarily in the same way. Correct. Um yeah, so I thought that was all cool. Um, right before the wedding, though, also, just one quickly want to highlight the the weird Ginny scene where she's like, can you zip me up, Harry? Yeah. And I was just like, Ugh, just... And then zip, unzip your pants. Yeah. Yeah. I was just like, don't need this right now. <laughs> I mean, it's they just didn't give that relationship enough time on screen. Yeah. But in the books, they, it's a lot stronger. And it's so like, but that that move has been used so many times in movies. Yeah. Where like, but also that's what like kids are gonna do. Kids are gonna just repeat what they've seen. They don't, yeah, you know, they're not gonna have original moves. John, <laughs> can you pull up my socks, yeah. Harry? I mean, she's a wizard. She could fucking just use her magic. Yes, right. But she didn't because she wants she Harry to, to walk do down it. into the family living room and yeah. do it there. Yeah. Anyways, um, wedding happens. No one's gonna be mad about it. You think Mrs. Weasley's gonna be like? She's probably watching from upstairs. Mrs. Like Mrs. Weiss is like, yeah, good, good. Like <laughs> there yeah. will be no one better for you to be with <laughs> <laughs> than the chosen one. Right. If my daughter brought home the chosen one, I'd be okay with that. Sure. But then you have to think about all the inherent danger. Yeah, but that that he's got good genes. He's got chosen okay. one. Well, genes. this is this is now we're now we're getting into a Slytherin conversation, John. <laughs> <laughs> now we're getting into a weird blood magic conversation. Uh, so the wedding also, we also meet, uh, Luna Lovegood's father. Yes. Yes. What's his first name? Xenophilius Lovegood. Yeah. Xenophilius Lovegood. So yeah, we meet Xenophilius Lovegood. And he has a little dangly like necklace thing that looks oddly familiar to, uh, Harry for some reason. And oddly familiar to our artwork because it's the Deathly Hollows, which we'll learn later. Correct. When they go visit him. Um, sees that, but then quickly... Harry is focused on talking to that old guy, so um, decides to go talk to him. Uh, wedding unfolds, blah, blah, blah. There's a brief moment where Hagrid tries to talk with a large woman again. Yeah, Hagrid talks to Madame Maxine. Yes. Doesn't get a dance because, guess what? Uh, they get a notice that says, the minister's dead, Death Eaters have killed him. And then right after that, Death Eaters attack the wedding. This is basically the equivalent to all those tests that would be on TV, like... This is a only a test, but yeah. like the national emergency alert system. The Amber That's alert what system. this is. Yeah. Um, it's really creepy. It was just like the minister is Ted. 
the minister has fall the ministry has fallen yeah yeah i like how yeah yeah and then everyone's just like oh my god and then and then there's no time to really mourn because or freak out because then they're immediately under attack correct and then ron everyone's just poofing out of there yeah ron hermione and harry all apparate together yep they travel to the center of london and they're like because that's the only like the first thought that hermione had in her head was this town square that they were in which is they have a small advantage which is hermione and harry know the muggle world yeah, right? so they can go to a lot of different places. Dude, I'd be like, let's leave this country. Let's, let's yeah. go to America. We can go anywhere. And let's try and like... But it has to be a place you, you've been, right? You can only operate to a place you've been. I don't know. I'm assuming because you have to imagine it. Yeah, maybe. So, I don't know. It's like kind of in like World of Warcraft. You have to get to the town and like save yourself at the end before yeah. you can like She's probably been there. to an airport. Yeah. You think, you think any of these wizards are using an airport? You never know. You never know. <laughs> Maybe. What happens if you put like I want to see a wand go through an X-ray scanner? I'm sure they're like, well, what's inside of it? Yeah. And they're trying to like trying to open it up because maybe it's hollow there. You know, they're it's like dragon bit. heartstrings. What the fuck is this? Yeah. They just like break it open. It's like wet. Uh, there's a small scene where they're at this little diner kind of thing, coffee shop, and then they're attacked by Death Eaters, um, and then. Yeah, I mean, I'm trying to think of anything else happened in that scene. Where yeah, I mean that scene's really cool because we saw that coffee shop in the last movie where Harry was hanging out in the Muggle world and he was picking up that date, and now he's back. They're hiding out in that same coffee shop, and they get attacked by Snatchers. Sna- okay, yes, this is the the introduction of Snatchers. Yeah, which is something we heard about that was happening during the dark times in the previous times when Harry's parents were not much older than him, and people started going missing, which is the same thing that's happening again now that Voldemort's back. Got it. Yeah, those snatchers were creepy dudes. Yes. <laughs> yeah, they're bad guys. So they knock them out, and then they go on the run, and they realize they've got to take out the Horcruxes. Yes. So at the beginning of this movie, it is implied that two Horcruxes have been destroyed. Correct. The the uh, diary of uh, Tom Riddle and and the uh, ring, the mount, you know, the, his family ring, and then. We know of the the, the locket because um, correct, you know that that was you know highlighted. And that's what they're going to go after. They need to find the locket. Right. It's like you go after the one that you know at least. Correct. The other you're shooting into the dark still. Correct. Um, I do have a question. We'll get to um, at the end. But where it seems like they they find another Horcrux, though I'm not really understand which one it is because they say so. There's four left or five left at the beginning of this movie, and then when at the end of the movie, they're like, we only have three left. And, but I only saw them destroy the locket. Yeah, I got to tell you, I think that was a production error. Okay. I think that's a production error. And I only say that because was, I, while watching it with uh, Therese, was like, why did he say three? Because they've only destroyed three. So either it was a production error or there was something in the text that was also in the books. Is that the maybe, snake also Horcrux? Because um, they kind of defeat the snake, right? No, they don't kill the snake. Okay. The, um, Nagini is not dead. Okay. Um. But they did it, so so it couldn't even be that anyway if it was. But because um, the Nagini's still alive for sure. Okay. Uh, I think it was a mistake. Okay. Well, yeah, because that really confused me. I think it's a mistake. Yeah, because uh, the the whole middle of this movie, they're a trying to find find the uh, locket, and then b once they find it, they're trying to figure out how to destroy it. That's yeah. most of the movie here. Yeah. My favorite scene here is 
coming up here is when they have to find the locket and get the locket. Right. So where do they head first here? Because uh, I always just get a tiny bit confused. Um, um, basically, they they connect the there's a, there was the syllables R A B which uh, right. So they they head back to Sirius's house. Correct. Which okay, so they head to Sirius's house next, and that house, by the way, was left to Harry. Yeah, that's how he's able to fi- open it, and that's also how he's able to tell creature what to do. Got creature. it. Chat. I kind of that actually didn't even cross my mind how he was able to do it. I assuming because Sirius Black died, he was like the last of the Black family. That you know, creature just was like, well, who's ever in the house, I'm just going to obey. <laughs> but his cousin was Sirius's cousin was Bellatrix. Okay, so she's still alive. Yeah, but since the house was left to Harry, it's his because it's more direct lineage for that reason. Got it. Um, so he learns Rubius Black, uh, sorry, Regulus Black, Regulus Arcturus Black was the man. He found out about the Horcruxes, and they don't end up telling you this in the movie, but ultimately what happened, because you hear Creature tell him, like, I tried to destroy the locket, and I couldn't. And he was, like, freaked out by the locket. Yeah. He was like, no. Yeah. Creature tried to destroy the locket. I like Creature way more than Dobby. I'll just say it. Oh, but Creature's kind of an asshole that doesn't really seem but to I kinda, like them. I love, like, like if, if I'm going to have, like, an, like, a house elf, I want him to be an asshole. After seeing this movie, I don't know how you could say that you like Creature more than Dobby. <laughs> I, I mean, yeah. Okay, yes. Uh, I that, feel bad for Dobby. That being said, what's interesting about the house elves is they don't, like, need their wands to do magic. Either do people, but they really don't. Like, they can focus and use their magic in ways that people cannot because they're just more naturally magical than humans are um and so uh something in the books i've told you isn't in the movies is there's a much bigger subplot with the freedom yeah like you said with hermione's trying to like work on hermione's like campaigning for them basically for like the freedom of house elves and the house elves all like a lot of house elves work in the kitchens at hogwarts and that's where all the food comes from yes uh harry ends up sending creature to work there who's eventually also then like totally like because he doesn't want to leave him in the house alone yeah and also like they were trying to free all those house elves question though you say like you know i know we brought this idea that um you know the houses have to make the food or to be like right. appear in front of it so at the wedding they make drinks champagne appear in the glasses is that just like sitting somewhere yeah okay so it's either like been purchased or there it seems like maybe if you have the ingredients you can you can cause those things to be created but it you're still not just creating something from nothing got it so uh almost like in an alchemy like way let's say they have the ingredients you need to put it together it could be created okay um so he tells creature to go get mundungus yeah because basically after sirius had died mundungus had come broke into the house and stolen some stuff and stole the locket it was great as he comes back with dobby too like dobby's like on his face creatures like holding his leg (laughs) yeah yeah and then yeah so they they found him in, in diagon alley basically yeah and they bring him back mundungus yeah, so Dobby's there. Dobby's like, oh, hi, Harry. Ha-ha. Um, he tells him that someone bought him, bought the, the one night, bought the ne- the necklace from him. And he points to who did it. And it was Dolores Umbridge, your favorite person that bought it one night. And so they're like, oh, well, we got to go to the ministry and get it off of her. Either get it, you know, find it in her office or find it off of her person. It's like Ocean's Eleven. I love this whole sequence. This is my favorite part of the movie. It's so good. It's also terrifying. I am like so scared for them the whole fucking time. 
Yeah, it's terrifying. There's like a really sad moment with the one of the people that they, you know, replace with the polyjuice potion. Um, you know, like we have James Delos in the scene. It's like great. It also shows how quickly like a fascist regime takes over. <laughs> yeah, the the actual like Hitler youth that's like sco- like security guards in the beginning. Yeah. They got their little red sashes too yeah, on their yeah. arms. I'm just like, okay, this is a little like sound of music when Rolf- I mean, hey man, we got MAGA hats everywhere. It's true. But it was like very the German soldier type of like Right, which look. this story is meant to, in many ways, Harry Potter, the story, like the overarching theme is about the... Yeah, the like, rise of fascism right, and, and ha- people that over don't really think about it and they let it happen. And correct. And it's too late by the time they do act. And I mean, the whole, like, it's not even a subplot. Like, the main crux of the story is about, like, mudbloods, muggles, and, like, pureblood wizards. Yeah, like, this is where they really start hitting the anti-Semitism, like, right. comparisons really big here. Because there's just... Uh, but I mean, it was there from the beginning, right? Because look at the Malfoys. Yeah. Like, they are very pale. They have uh, blonde hair, like, like fucking white blonde hair. Aryan as shit. And yes. they are, like, pure blood and better than everyone else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think when they start getting now to, like, the propaganda and, right. the, and the outfits and just... That, those stuff, that's where you're getting a little like, okay, now you're just matching the imagery with the analogy you're trying to go with. Right. You know, it's like, and even the one guy that Harry, you know, impersonates, um, I forget that actor name, but he, um, he's in a bunch he of stuff. He makes like a good SS soldier. He, cause he's wearing the leather, the yeah. black kind of leather yeah, coat yeah. and just, he's, all he's missing is the cap. He's basically. in the last movie and he just, he doesn't say anything though. Yeah. But you see him. Um, uh, so with something that's uh, you find out in the books was what um, Regulus did was when he found out about the the Horcrux, he went and he drank the water and he told Creature never to tell anyone about this because he didn't want anyone to know about it. Yeah. And he said, "Take the locket and go destroy it." Uh, and Creature and like he ends up getting left there because he had to drink the water and he gets pulled down and gets killed because he didn't have he didn't know what was going to happen or get saved. So he tasked Creature with destroying it. Got so he it. actually ends up dying there and getting pulled underneath in the way Harry was pulled under. Yeah. Because he didn't have like a double door. Right. Yeah. Um, which is why no one knows what happened to Regulus. I see. Was that why his name was burned out in the Order of the Phoenix? Uh, I think so. I think because Sirius mentions him, I think, a little bit. Yeah. Um, in that in that movie. Um, yeah. So great moment where Harry basically searches for the office, doesn't see anything. Um then follows, goes down to where the trial is happening, um, and yeah. Umbridge is wearing the necklace. Yeah, they they assume the identities of people. A lot of polyjuice in this movie. Yeah, a lot of a lot of um, yeah, a lot of poly- twice two two big scenes of polyjuice. Um, he actually sees in Umbridge's office like that they have they've... the killing cards basically. Yeah, yeah, and like they're they're following everyone. Um, yeah. Now, I guess it's Umbridge evil or is it the necklace oh no she's evil okay it's a, it's a, like but also compounding that is the bat it's the necklace too sure yeah okay yeah um, no she's evil she's evil i like i love the scene though where which now it explains more about like the previous book she wasn't there just like undermining things because they wanted to hide Voldemort. Yeah, like was... they didn't want to believe in it she was working for Voldemort. she was trying to make it as impossible as possible like she wanted to make it hard for harry and hard for dumbledore Yes, basically everybody except for like Lupin and um, the guy in Chamber of Secrets. It's like 
everyone was working for Dumbledore. Right. <laughs> was doing this, the defense against the dark arts. Right. So Harry looks at Dolores and says, I must not tell lies, which is the thing that she had him write into his hand. Wreck shop fucking gets the necklace from her. They escape. Death Eater, the uh, Dementors come after them. Yep. Uses his dope Patronus. Yep. They get out of there with the necklace. Um, Barely. Barely. Because they start turning as yeah, they're escaping. Yeah, because James Delos chases them, and there's this kind of slow-mo, them jumping into the flu chimney thing. Mm-hmm. And he jumps in there, too, and they apparate. And I guess like it, the, the apparating physics a little confuses me, but like they appear in the woods, but that the guy chasing them wasn't didn't appear with them right but, because hermione decided like grabbed them and took them somewhere else instead okay so they it's not all like one thing it's, it's right and because of that something went wrong which can happen sometimes where your body like it doesn't go through right and you yeah. got splinched and so he's just like missing chunks of his like flesh. yeah he just he looks fucked up yeah and luckily hermione she has mary poppins purse of care she's got a bag of holding she's got, she's mary got poppins an endless purse, bag which is fucking cool i mean <laughs> I, I cool. like that 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 little bit it's kind of almost like a it becomes like in a movie you know when you have like a a, a creature that doesn't talk it's just like but it's there for like little jokes it's almost like that bag is like that where yeah yeah it's like she kinda, had books that you hear fall in there. Yeah, and, and every time Harry reaches in, you hear this like clinking and clanking, yeah. of, like trying to reach something, and and you can just tell it's like I'm on set, just like eh, and reach in and just pull out the object I need. Right. <laughs> um. So they make it out, and then well, there's basically a long montage of them traveling around the world, uh, hiding. They you know almost get caught by snatchers once. They smell Hermione's perfume. Yep. Um. And you you start to see very much like the ring in Lord of the Rings. It's yep. corrupting them as they it's wear it. When whoever wears it kind of starts getting turns into a yeah. dick, and then a uh, really cool thing. This is cut from the movie. It's shown in the books. R- they're using like a real radio because yeah. it's sort of safe from the other Magical wizards. Yeah, tracking, yeah. Uh, is there's a sh- scene of it in the movie that was cut, and it's Arthur Weasley's like repairing these old radios, and Harry's like, "What are you doing?" <laughs> like oh you want one he's like oh this is how we like communicate with each other because it's safe which is something i kept thinking like if they learn how to use some muggle tech they they yeah yo yo harry get your hand on a nuke yo yeah like i mean if you think about it though um obviously like if if you anticipate it you know guns and stuff would be hard to beat magic but at the same time if you don't see it coming like conventional weapons also will work against wizards um, yeah, can they see a fighter jet coming at 500 miles an hour? Right. So, like, I mean, and so that's also <laughs> sort of how, if you think about it, that's how the witches and wizards were driven into hiding from the rest of the world. Because regardless, they were outnumbered and outpowered. Damn straight power of the USA. Oh, God. Uh, <laughs> that being said, John, what we see happen here is Harry and Hermione, after Ron ends up leaving because they get into a big fight. Yeah, Ron just, he turns into a real sourpuss. Yeah. And he's like, I'm going because he's like, Harry, like, you brought us out here. And, you know, obviously the the necklace is affecting him in, in some ways. Right. But he's just like, you know, you don't know what we're doing and we're just wasting time and we're just on the run. And everyone, all our friends are, you know, dying or going missing and all this, you know, crazy stuff. And so he leaves because, yeah. And, and then there's... This I I just kind of felt this whole middle section for me a little bit was a, just a little too I, it, like it was treading water a bit. Right. It's kind of like they 
they made they cut the book in half, but then they st- I almost like had to stretch this stuff out to really, I guess. Uh, no, yeah. I wouldn't. I don't know if they stretch it really, out, but no, it's just a really long book. Movie stretch it. I out, mean, it's I guess. sort of not really. No, it's right. just it's. I think it's really important to show these characters kind of fall apart. Um, because if it was too easy, this journey for them to destroy these Horcruxes and go on it together, uh, I don't, I don't, I don't mind the, the Ron, like sort of leaving and stuff and like that, like causing like a lot of problems about like doubt over you uh-huh. know, the belief and everything. But I just think after that, when it's Harry and Hermione kind of, and it becomes this, you know, uh, the movie alive or something where they're like, got to survive out in the woods. <laughs> yeah. But it's a very short period of time. Cause they basically go directly to where uh godrick's hollow and they go to harry's old house and they go yeah. to see uh the Mrs. woman yes who was in the book and they want to go talk about dumbledore yes and Bathilda bagshit yes because she's the one that like spilled the beans to rita supposedly yeah they're hoping about- that dumbledore left the sword with her yes and they go to the graveyard first where they first see um Harry sees his parents' grave, and then Hermione sees the grave of someone that I, f- I forget the name, but like, um, but the, she sees the hollow symbol, yeah, uh, the deathly hollow symbol. So she's like, oh, I'm interested in that. Uh, the old woman takes him to her house, where this is the scariest part of the movie. <laughs> Which during all this time, by the way, we've seen visions of Ollivander being tortured by Dumbledore. Yes. we see Gregorovich was the one that we see get killed. The other wand maker, by yeah, Voldemort. the other, yeah, yeah. Voldemort's looking for this this wand and we don't know anything about it yet we just keep seeing the symbol i was confused by that because because like you just said you were make, like the olivander stuff with this i was confused about what's a what's really a flashback and what's a almost vision of another location no yeah it was these none of them were flashbacks these were they were all no but some of them were flashbacks because what was a flashback with gregorovich because within the flashback He's like, someone stole the master wand, and it was, uh, you know, Gellert Grindelwald. Oh, oh, that was a flashback. Yeah, so that's why it's confusing. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) It's a flashback within a a side flash. Right. (laughs) You know, layers on layers, people. Um, And what ends up happening in this home with uh, Bathilda is Hermione, first of all, solves it. Oh, yeah. uh, In a very bad way. But Harry... Gets almost killed by Nagini. Jump it was scare the of the uh, of the series. Yeah, it's also maybe this like just all of it was really creepy and scary. She was. I would not have followed her upstairs. Yeah, it's very reminiscent of the thing almost. Yes. Um, and then once the snake attacks, there's a part where you think they've defeated it, where Hermione comes in and kind of blasts it, and it like falls into the first story. And then there's like a from the camera POV, they like tip up you think it's dead it jumps right at you at the camera and you're like ah mm-hmm. so that was uh but then that, this is where i thought they killed it the snake but i no. guess apparently not no no, no. nagini's so. still alive um they just fought it off i mean it's a pretty badass snake uh, harry has his wand broken here yes which is important because we know voldemort's been trying to find a wand strong enough to defeat harry harry doesn't even have that wand oh, now no. yeah what is he gonna do i it was a little weird though with the like Hermione, like, we don't really see it break. It's just Hermione reveals it to him, like, after that scene when they go back to the forest. And it's like, I'm sorry, Harry, I, I broke it. Like, I didn't know. I tried to put it back together. I didn't right. know what I was doing. Right. You know, I, I think it was just, like, kind of a weird... I'm sure that's in the book that way. But it just kind of, presentation-wise, it seemed a little strange to me. Where I, like, almost want to see Harry see it get broken. But I get it. it it's meant to 
maybe divide them a little bit those two characters and harry's kind of like hermione like you screwed up <laughs> um out of curiosity was it while ron was gone i think it was before they go to um godric's hollow i think that the the impetus of it is harry ends up saying ends up putting the snitch against his mouth yeah and that's where he finds the the, the, the secret message yeah the secret message i open at the close yes which we still don't know what the hell that means. <laughs> it's just a, I was like, you're looking at me like, uh, you should know what that means. And I was like, no. do I know what that means? No, we still don't know what that okay. means. Um, but it was it was clever. Like Dumbledore did the perfect amount of hiding the information in these objects so that it couldn't just be discovered by... Because you know Scrimgeour and the Ministry were like analyzing all this shit. Yeah. And Harry couldn't even just hold it in his hand. He had to put it against his lips. Yep, because that's the first time he caught a snitch was with his mouth. Yep, and it has flesh memory, which is just like a fun little fact. Uh, and then this is where Harry is out now at night, and he is he has borrowed Hermione's wand, and he is you know doing sentry duty, and he sees a Patronus of a doe. Yes, his mother's symbol. Mm-hmm. Follows it, and then sees at the bottom of a frozen lake the sword of Godric. God, wait, Gryffindor. Godric Gryffindor. Godric yeah. Gryffindor. Um, Which the sword only comes to you in moments of like heroism and cur- courageousness. So although he needs the sword, it he's basically tasked with having to obtain it, or o- otherwise it would be useless to him. Yeah. So he crawls down there. He gets. He takes the shirt off again. <laughs> it, it's all about Equus, man. All about Equus. Uh, jumps down into the lake. The uh, the necklace tries to choke him to death, mm-hmm. um, where then he is saved by Ron. Ron returns mm-hmm. um, and helps him get the sword out. There's this cool thing, li- like the thing type of sequence where they open the locket and try to destroy it. This big cloud monster comes out. Yeah. The most disturbing part is where naked Ron and naked Hermione come out. No, Harry. Or, and, and Harry comes out and they start Equus, te- man. Yeah, they start teasing him and they're like demonic and they start making out. Yeah, and- it was a little weird. It's a little <laughs> weird. I had I kind of <laughs> laugh at it. It's a little cheesy. I mean, everything other than that one part. I think it's great. Like the spiders are yeah, fucking terrifying. That was, fun. that was cool. You know, I, Harry's just like, just fuck, like, what is, this? just kill it, man. Yeah. And and just like the, I think the thing of itself being this kind of weird, like blood cloud thing. Yeah. Like, I think that was all kind it's of It's cool. basically all of the evil in Ron, all of his doubts, all of his fears, all of his insecurities. Yeah. Manifest. And, uh, that was cool. But then he swings the sword and kills the locket, destroys yep. it. Um, then they reunite with Hermione again. Hermione's still mad at Ron. Because, you know, that's just her character. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, and this is where they go to Love Good again. They go back to Love Good and this is where they hear the whole Deathly Hollows story. I do really like the, the, the story of the Deathly Hollows. I think it's a cool, you know, sort of um, sort of fable. Yeah, it's also, I love the way they introduce it with the animated story uh, yeah. of the book. Yeah, I think that was all cool. Um, the animation itself is pretty interesting and just the way they did it. Um, I just like, I like a children's thing that deals with death and just like uh-huh. murder. <laughs> it's weird to me how Ron is like, oh, my mom would read this to me every night. I'm yeah. like, well, this is fucking dark. Your mom is twisted. Uh, I think I could see Mrs. Weasley. This person murders that person for the elder wand. Yeah. And then death comes for him. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but oh yeah, God. so, but yeah, so the overall story is, you know, but the, the items that come from it are the master wand, or the elder wand, and then there's the regeneration stone and then the invisibility cloak. Correct. Three magical objects. 
Correct. Which Harry seems to have one, right? Yeah, makes you wonder, is that why no one else has a fucking cloak of invisibility like this? Maybe. I would think I would think Does so. Does Harry already have one of the three items? And is it because everyone thinks this is a children's story except for those who are in the know who believe this is real? Correct. Which yeah. is then we find out in the flashbacks. So we know Grindelwald has the wand. And then who gets the wand from Grindelwald? We end up seeing at the very end of the movie. It was Dumbledore took it from him. So Grindelwald, I don't believe in the movie. He doesn't die, right? He just tells Voldemort that Dumbledore Yeah, he's in the it. prison, and then he um, is like, uh, you know who has the wand. <laughs> yeah, and he laughs at him. In the books, Voldemort kills him Oh, really? after that. Yeah, because um, Grindelwald also doesn't divulge certain also, information. So what prison is he in? <laughs> uh, I think he might be in Azkaban. Okay. Yeah. It looked a little different than um, normal Azkaban. I would assume that, isn't he like the really big, big baddie? Like, of, like, the whole world. Well, Grindelwald is definitely, he's almost like Voldemort in a previous sense. He was during the first Yeah, he, w- he was, like, the, the first ba- big bad guy. In many along. ways, yes. Yeah. In many ways. And he they was, had a big war. And big he thing. believed that wizards should not have to hide from the muggles. Very much. He was, like, the um, pre-Hitler. <laughs> yeah, he's introduced in Fantastic Beasts. Yeah. I'm assuming that that that's who Johnny Depp plays. That everyone's mad about. Um, so, um, so yeah. So they uh, after Lovegood tells him the story, they basically he's been buying uh, time, buying time as a trap because mm-hmm. they captured Luna Lovegood and they're using that as like hostage. But you got to feel bad for him. Yeah, you feel bad for him. And I, His Luna. I really thought it was gonna be another Polyjuice potion <laughs> moment. Yeah, yeah. Because he was acting so weird. Um. You know, I mean, he, he had, with his quibbler, he had been fighting for Harry, which is why they targeted him in the first place. Yep. Uh, what's fun to me about this whole thing now with the Deathly Hallows is there's a second race. So there's sort of the race to collect all the Hallows, because if you have them all, you're sort of unbeatable. Yeah, you can't die. You can basically kill anyone you want, and you really can't be seen. Yeah, and you could resurrect the dead. Yeah. Like, like, it, yeah. It, there's, you're the master of death. So you have the control over the power of death, your own life, your own death, everything. So there is that that race, and there's also the race, obviously, to destroy the Horcruxes, which I think is so fun because the Horcruxes was such an awesome element to add to the series and gives you this whole, like, oh, there was this background thing happening this whole time. And now yeah. here's this thing that's also been in the movies since the first one. Yeah, that's true. Like, we've known where two of the items have been the whole time. Yeah. But had no idea. Yeah, thanks, Dumbledore. Thanks for telling us. Which also is interesting that Dumbledore had two of them the whole time. Yeah, and he just gave one away to a kid. <laughs> well, he knew what he was doing. I know. Um, yeah, so then they, they get out of there. They apparate back, but that's where they are. Um, they apparate right into the hands of some Snatchers. Yes. And there's weird... Okay, so this, this scene where they're running away from the Snatchers to the woods, I feel like this was like a trend in like the 2010 to 2012 range where like slow running through the woods or like fast running through the woods was like really popular for some reason like mm. they did this in the sherlock holmes the second one same thing i don't know why for some reason it just seems like this was like a trend <laughs> i'm not familiar with that but it could be um anyways but so they get caught uh <laughs> hermione decides to fuck run uh harry's face up yeah to try to hide his identity hide his identity um this is really where the scariest part of the movie comes in in many ways though 
when they're captured and they're brought to the Malfoy's home and imprisoned, and yeah. Bellatrix is there, who we've seen just kill like without a second yep, thought, killed serious, with without even thinking about it, she would just destroy all of them. Yeah, um, yeah, it was like it's not good for them because I thought this scene though was a little strange right right at the beginning of this where they bring Draco in front of Harry and is like, is this Harry Potter. Right. And he's like, I don't know. And you're like, how do you not know? It, it not I get that like his face looks so fucked up, but he's with Hermione. Well you and have Ron. to wonder if Draco maybe doesn't want to tell them. Yes, but that is true. But then like it's clearly that Draco is choosing not to answer, and that's what's happening okay. here. I think it it just came off a little weird to me that uh, I think it's very abundantly clear that Draco is torn with this. He is only answering them because he feels forced to. Okay. He is not a killer. Even Harry recognized that. my point. Harry, I mean, even Harry recognized in the last movie when they were like, do you, he was like, do you think he would have killed Dumbledore? He was like, no, I don't think he would have killed Dumbledore. And for that same reason, Harry's kind of looking at him and he's not saying anything. And I think he knows like Draco does not want to do this. This is too, like Draco's a dick and a bully, but he's not evil. He's but being the, raised but he by evil the, people, but, but he's Harry not. still has a scar on his forehead, right? Yeah, but it, everything is deformed about his face. Yeah, Voldemort would know if that's a scar or not. Yeah. I guess it's funny they're so predicated on the worry that like they summon him and it's not the right one, and he's going to be mad. He'll just kill indiscriminately. Yeah, but you know. So okay. okay. <laughs> so anyway, they go down. Well, Put, because he's on a mission right now. He's looking for the Elder Wand. Correct. You don't disturb him in the middle of that shit. You know, but he can operate, man. It's like time isn't a problem for him. It's Distance. not instant. Okay. All right. All right. He's only got a certain amount of gas he can use to like operate. Yeah, it's around. not. The point is they're not going to make that risk. Harry gets imprisoned with Ron. Ollivander is there. Uh, Griphook is there. Yes, the head of the bank. Right. Yes. Yep. And Griphook was the one that Bellatrix was screaming at about the sword. Yep. Um, and Dobby just shows up. And he's like, wait, you can apparate in and out here? He's like, like yeah. Dobby can do anything. He's like, yeah, house elves can do whatever the fuck they want, dude. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> it's like, that's what, I feel like that's what Dobby would be what, like, God is. It's just kind of this, like, I have all these powers, but I just choose not to use them. Like, <laughs> of course, Harry Potter. Meet me at the top of the stairs in 10 seconds. <laughs> yeah, really fucking with time there <laughs> in space. Oh, I mean, he just like, boom, boom. So he, yeah. he takes them back to, do they go back to like Ron's house? No, because they all, they, they, they all leave at the same time. Basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he, they, cause they got to get Hermione because Bellatrix is torturing Hermione. Right. Um, so there's this big showdown between Harry and Bellatrix and then Lucius is there too. And he, he gets like blasted like three times. <laughs> Lucius does. <laughs> by by a spell, I thought that was really funny how he just keeps getting knocked back, but no one else does. Um, then you know they're all about Dobby's about to make them all escape at once back to I guess some beachside home. Uh, I think Ron mentions like some some home that they don't no one else knows about. Um, right as they're apparating through Dobby's thing, um, you know Bellatrix throws a, a knife, which. I guess guts, you know, Dobby right in the right in the stomach mm-hmm. as they apparate, and then when they come up the other side, it's like everyone's kind of landed in the ocean-ish sort of this like weird sandy thing, and then Dobby's you know bleeding and he's dying, and there's an emotional scene with Harry and his dying in his arms. I mean, it's and... really sad where Dobby dies. He just sacrificed himself to save Harry. 
and it's really sad too that like again this is kind of go back to the moody point too it's like he's only been in how many scenes like right like he's basically right. in chamber of secrets at the beginning of the end yeah in the middle i mean again this is a limitation of this not being like yeah a longer series like game of thrones gets to do yeah so you feel a little bad he though, shows like, up a lot more he's kind of the he he's treated kind of like the like a really penultimate death almost more so than dumbledore because dumbledore's death is a little is obviously shocking and sad but right. like you don't get this like carry running down to his body and like holding it as he passes in his arms. Well, John, I mean, we're almost at the end of this episode, which means there's going to be some more death probably coming. Oh yeah, up soon. I know. I'm just saying it's like we. It's it's almost strange that Dobby is that is this person in that movie, but I, I get it. He's people love him. He's the most like innocent of all the all the characters in this world, right? And so it's really sad to watch him die because it's like watching a pet die. Um, oh, and what happens here is Harry's like, we're going to bury him, like. A normal proper burial we're gonna give him yeah like respect like another person will get yeah which is something a house elf would never get yeah they would have probably just left him out there in the ocean yeah <laughs> like uh, and they're hanging out there with grip hook and they've also got the uh the sword of Godric gryffindor yeah and olivander's there too and john hurt during this then is when we see voldemort get the elder wand from dumbledore's grave yeah, it breaks open exhumes the body which this is like the one time where i wish they had done the funeral of Dumbledore in the last movie because I think it was A, really important. Uh, there's a great speech during that scene in the books. And B, it would have been nice if you had recognized what it was as he was doing it. Like if you saw that sort of iconic, obviously like well-designed grave, if you were able to see the shot and immediately be like, oh, I know where we are, as opposed to having to wait for the reveal of dead Dumbledore. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree. Like It's almost like they've they rushed. They, had, they didn't have enough room for Dumbledore. Right after they kill him. Right. And it's... and So he, he was using the Elder Wand the whole time. Like in Order of the Phoenix when he's battling... Yeah, Dumbledore has owned the Elder Wand the okay, whole Okay, so he's, that's the one time. he's been using. But no one's come for it because no one knew he had it. Yeah. And he didn't tell anyone. Got uh, it. Also, it's good to note that Harry disarmed Draco, so he took Draco's wand. Got it. So Harry now has Draco's wand because his wand was previously broken. Um, we did forget one little thing to mention, John. What's so I'm just going to ask you this question. Who do you think Harry's seeing in that piece of glass? Well, I thought it was Dobby. Because when he kind of says, like, I hope he can see you, and then Dobby appears. Yeah. That's what I kind of, like, I was making that connection. Looks a, looks a little like Dumbledore, though. Oh. Um, so. so Dumbledore's working beyond the grave. I mean, <laughs> people can live in paintings. Maybe in a mirror. That's true. Uh, I'm really excited. Yeah, and now we literally have to rush over and watch the next movie. <laughs> yeah, we're going to go right now, as we're recording, we're going to go right now and watch part two in theaters. John, are you excited? I'm now excited. I'm, I'm excited to watch this in a theater. Any predictions, or do you not want to really think about it? Uh, a lot of people die on both sides. <laughs> yeah. um, you know, obviously good overcomes evil, and, um, you know, Harry becomes a you know more roundabout person because of it. Yeah, we got four, hor- four, four horcruxes left. One piece of the hallows missing. Who's going to collect them? What's going to happen? We'll see. We'll see. John, if people would like to keep in touch with you, obviously we have the hashtag watch world, but you as a person, as John Paul Murphy, the man, the myth, the legend, how could they do that? Uh, you can keep following me on Twitter and Instagram at Johnny B. Good in LA. Uh, also, you can listen to me with you on Wishboning and also the Zeitheist podcast. All right. And you can find me at Christian underscore Humes. Same shows John just mentioned, as well as the Unranked podcast. And we have everything at Zeitheist.com or at Zeitheist, Z-Y-T-E-H-E-I-S-T on Twitter. 
Until then, guys, we'll catch you next time with Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows Part 2.